0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today marks the 50th anniversary of Tanya Tucker's iconic country classic, Delta Dawn, which was released on March 10, 1972. I spoke with Tucker in 2016 when she performed at the Birchmere in Alexandria, Virginia. Tanya, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Well, my pleasure, Jason. My pleasure.
0: Um, a, have you ever played the Birchmere? And B, what can we expect of our listeners head out there? We're going to hear some classics, some uh, some more newer stuff. What do you got going on?
1: Well, you know, I uh, it's going to be a trip down memory lane about 45 years. So, you know, we've got a lot of songs, so uh, we can only do a, a certain amount of them. But, um, you know, we're just going to be doing, um, I think this is an acoustic show, isn't it? Yeah. And, and so we're kind of unplugged. Unplugged version of my songs and uh, kind of wanted to, you know, kind of strip it down a little bit and uh, actually a lot. <laughs> and just it's some music in me and three pickers, you know. Awesome. And I want to get into And if one guy would have played more instruments, we'd have had two. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: still time. Maybe you can train them more over the weekend. Yeah, maybe but... we
1: can fire one of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's very possible. Um, I want to get. I want to get into some of your songs, obviously, because you're sort of a legend of the genre. But um, first, I want to go into you know how you sort of got into playing in the first place. Um, You grew up in what was it, Wilcox, Arizona, and and uh, did your 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 family
1: the sixth grade. Uh, I went to the. yeah, the sixth grade there. So I wouldn't call that growing up, but uh, yeah, that's where I started mu- playing, uh, singing music. Yeah. Gotcha. At gotcha. a very young age, you know, I, I don't remember not singing, but I was probably about six or seven, eight w- when I went on stage and uh, um, sort of just did my thing. And my dad was my coach. So, and then when someone would come to town like Ernest Tubb, who I just loved and was my friend up until his death. <laughs> um, he was was yeah. he was walking the floor over you, right? You betcha. You. Yeah, and waltz across Texas with you, and uh, uh, in fact, he came to my 18th birthday party. So I was like, my dad's hero is here. You know, my dad thought he was the best, one of his favorites.
0: How'd you pull that off, getting him to
1: your birthday? Well, uh, no, he, we were friends. I was 18, and uh, he came out to my, my my ranch and outside of Nashville, and my first place I bought. Um, but the judge let me by, and because I was, you know, underage, and uh, and him and Minnie Pearl both came out. Oh wow! And I was so excited. Most eighteen-year-olds would want, you know, I mean, Lord knows what what they want <laughs> now. But um, back then, it was just such a. For me, I guess I'm maybe an old soul or something. I just my friends were always older, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so that... it
1: was really great to be able to hang. With, but I was nine years old when I, he put me on the stage at the VFW Hall in Wilcox. How did that happen? And, uh, did he
0: just see you in the crowd? My the brother, up? my
1: dad. When my dad sent my brother down there, he said you don't go down there because he had to work. He said you ask him, uh, get up there and ask him if your your sister could sing. And so I uh, I just found myself sitting on the bus with Ernest Tubbs sitting in front of me. He said, "What do you want to sing tonight on the show?" You know, and I said, "Well, I'd really like to sing the sweet thing." Yeah, you that's know, one of him and Loretta had. Yeah. He said, well, do you do it in the same key Loretta does it in? And, of course, I wasn't about to say no, you know. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before when I hit that note, because Loretta sings higher than me, and I was like, where well, is anybody here? I mean, I, I reached up, had to reach up and pull something down there. But I did, and, uh, you know, the first show I was on when I went to Nashville after Delta Dawn uh, on the Grand Ole Opry, I was on Ernest Tubbs' portion of the show. Now, how How wild is that? And I walked up to him backstage. He was standing there talking to Connie Smith at the Ryman, and and I tugged on his coat, and I said, Mr. Tubb, I'm Tanya Tucker. I had that song, Delta Dawn. He said, 1967, Wilcox, Arizona. He remembered it. He remembered me. Wow. Mm-hmm. That and I crazy. said, oh, man, that made my whole day. So we, we became friends, you know. Wow. To me he was the king of country music.
0: Well, you're so. you're the you're one of the queens at least. You're right oh. up there with <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned Delta Dawn a couple times. Um I absolutely loved the song. I could listen to it on repeat. That was your big Grammy breakthrough too. You got I think you got nominated for that. But take take me into, you know, um where you were when you first came across that song. Um you didn't write it, right? It was uh Larry Collins no, and Alex Harvey. No. My uh,
1: first producer. We've been listening to songs I come from Las Vegas, That's where I live, me and my dad, and uh, came to Nashville for two weeks and listening to songs. But it was like, uh, he played me, Alex Arby's, uh who wrote it, his guitar vocal. And uh, I said, that's my song. And so he said, we're going to cut it tomorrow. So that's how that happened. Yeah. You know, I didn't have this girl know you say, but after I heard it, I said, it's a great song. But uh, it's not my song.
0: <laughs> it almost sounds like it has a little bit of like a little gospel flair to it, with the mansion in the sky and all that stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's just one of those songs you can't under, you can't you can't explain it. It's just like it's got a uh, one of those um, magical. Um, it just transcends time, you know. And kids love it, which is uh, <laughs> which is uh, unreal. I mean, it's just uh, beyond me. Why? Well, I, it's just a great song. That's all, you know, I love the bass in it myself, the bass <laughs> guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's... And some... we cut that live. Oh, you did? Really? Oh, yeah. We cut everything live, all at once. <laughs> so that's Vocals you... Vocals and, and, and music, yeah. You know, wow. Musicians.
0: You're getting the real deal, right? In real time. <laughs> that's yeah,
1: it's like, you know, it's like uh, like a racehorse, you know, or like a thoroughbreds. You know, they, they breed naturally. Quarter horses, they, you know, they don't. They have AI, you know. So, you can, from one collection of a stud, you can breed several mares in a quarter horse, but not in the thoroughbred. Wow. So, they yeah. believe you should get the whole shot. That, that's <laughs> a mare.
0: That is awesome. I mean, what, yeah. I mean, that... that... God, that song came out in, I think, like 72 or something.
1: 1972. But, wow.
0: I wasn't born until 84. And so, you know, I was I heard your song, you know, growing up from my parents and grandparents playing all the old stuff. But but then, what's your secret to keep it going? Because the one that I remember in my actual youth was like all your ne- early 90s stuff with, you know, Down to My Last Teardrop. Right, and, right, right, right. If your heart ain't busy tonight, and <laughs> I love Two <two-spa- laughs> right. Sparrows in a Hurricane, <laughs> some kind hey, of trouble, you're it's you're a little too late. Here. Man. <laughs> You you almost, ha- how did you keep it going? And I mean, I just rattled off like five 90s hits of yours. How did you like keep it going across decades like that?
1: Well, I didn't always keep it going. So, <laughs> you know, there were times when I couldn't. So and there were times when I, you know, maybe I have a three-year stretch where I didn't want to do nothing. Um, but stay out in L.A. and have a great time, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my I, I don't know all the answers to all that. I mean, I just, all I know is I'm me, and I'm—I've somehow I'm here, and um, been through a lot of shit. But uh, <laughs> who hasn't? And uh, and uh, I continue to go through it. You know, it's—it's it's not like it's gone—it's gone away. I mean, still have tough, tough nights and tough days, and mm-hmm. and then you have those beautiful moments too, and that's what keeps you going.
0: As someone who's sort of spanned generations like you have, um, with huge hits in multiple decades. How have you seen sort of the the business and and even the sound of country? You know what what's hot and what's played on the radio and things. You know, how have you seen that shift from the days of let's say Delta Dawn to then you know in, in the early nineties when you get something like you know it's a little too late or something. Like, and even more today, it's even changed even more. But chart the evolution of that sound a little for me.
1: Well, it's just it's really difficult. I mean, hey, uh, I'd say the well the music is real and it's more real the way we did it back then. But, uh, you know, there, there was some bad music back then, too. <laughs> I mean, there was some stuff that I wouldn't listen to, you know. Right. Uh, made country music step back about 20 years, you know. <laughs> and um, I I was wanting to move it forward, and I thought that if we could pick up some more people, more fans, and people had a misunderstanding of, of, the, of country music, and I wanted to get it straight, that we can... Someone like me, yeah. Someone like George Strait, you know, he's going to be that way. He's going to be George Strait. That's, that's all he's going to do yeah. is what you expect him to do. Uh, but me, I, I'm kind of like Willie. I like to, I like to fool around, you yeah. know. I like
0: push the envelope.
1: I like to sing around, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you, you said, you said you thought people had sort of a misconception about it. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just saying that bad music's bad music. Mm. You know, you're going to have that any year. Sure. Um, but the music nowadays on the radio, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious, uh, you know, uh, there's like 12 guys that tell radio what to play and that's what they do. Mm. But, um, and I guess there's not room enough, time enough to, but I like the radio stations that, you know, play it all. You know, I like to hear my dream radio station would be Sinatra, then Hank Williams Sr., then go to an Eric Clapton and come back with a Merle Haggard, you know?
0: I love. I would love that station. Where, I mean, me too. Where is it?
1: <laughs> I, where is it? It's right.
0: <laughs> well, so, we're uh, we're an all news station here, so we can't hook you up with that. But uh, we can interview. Well, we can interview those nobody. people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the news is radio needs to give it up and uh, uh, do some uh, at least do a portion of old stuff. I mean, some radio stations play a lot of the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Only, yeah. you know. But um, I like a little variety. I don't know about you, but I like some variety. You know, play Beyonce, and then play god dang uh, Patsy Klein. Me you
0: know? too, because it's all weaves in and out. There really is no past and Just present.
1: Place, as long as it's good, who cares?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it all influences each other, and it's there There really is no past, present, or future. It's all one big songbook, if you ask me. So I'm glad we're exactly. on the same page.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes, the technology has changed a lot, but man... I listened to Loretta Lynn the uh, other night singing uh, um, um, Look at the, um, um, if you're not gone too long in 1967 on the Opry. Yeah. And it sounded freaking great. <laughs> you know, not, yeah. a missed, not a missed note, not, but it was just, it was mesmerizing, really. And I was supposed to meet her and Willie yesterday and I missed them somehow. I guess, I guess they got the wrong dates, but they were, they were doing some some stuff together, and um, okay, he's giving me the gotta stop. Sign. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, my roadman, my he is a whip. He <laughs> Whips me if I do if I don't do good.
0: Well, that's a good thing. He keeps you keeps you on schedule. Well, anyway, just in closing, you know, final final pitch to get our listeners to come out to, on Monday to the Birchmere. Why why should they come?
1: Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For your sense of humor and, and modesty.
1: <laughs> I'm amazed they still want to come see me, you know? And, you know, that area has always been really great for me. I have a lot of fans in that area. And, you know, it's nostalgic, and I love taking bringing my kids there, you know? Because I've got a 16-year-old, my youngest, and I'd really like to bring her with me if I'd had time to go look around, you know? Right. It's the capital. Right right, right around you're right right around DC, right?
0: Yeah. Well, our our radio is in DC, and Birchmere is just outside in Alexandria. Yep. Right on the right on the border. Well, I mean, you know. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Well, we're going out the lower forty, upper forty. Exactly.
0: (laughs) We're excited to have you, and thanks so much for taking uh, your time out of your your Friday to call us.
1: Well, thank you. It's better now for me. Thanks, Jason.
0: All right. Thanks, Tanya Tucker on WTOP.